Welcome to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast, brought to you by Flowpath. I'm your host, Griffin Hamilton. This is the show where I interview industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights into modern day facilities management. From hospitality to commercial real estate and everything in between, we'll learn what it really takes to succeed as a facilities manager. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast. Today's guest is Stephen Clausen. Stephen, how are you doing today? Doing pretty swell. How about yourself? Uh, I can't pl- complain. At the time we're recording this, it's Friday, so it's uh, it's always a good day when it's Friday, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hey, I, I know you've got a lot going on here, and certainly appreciate you taking the time to connect and really deep dive into, uh, you know, facilities management. Uh, of course, uh, that being a the theme here of the show, but uh, we'll get to some specifics on optimization of different processes here and, and really leadership tactics. But before we do so, um, why don't you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what it is you do? Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for being with us. Um, I am uh, currently a manager uh, at Ernst Young. Um, where I'm a a client serving professional. Um, I help clients with uh, corporate real estate and facilities management issues. Um, And I'm based out of Washington, D.C. Got it. And how did you get into facilities? But what really drew you into the industry? So I fell into it by accident. Um, Common common story. (laughs) Exactly. A happy accident. Um, I feel lucky that I I found it early on. so a little bit of backstory, um, I've always loved buildings and I used to, I come from a big family. We had lots of toys and I like to joke that, that uh, we didn't have enough toys um, and I'd have to, you know, fight with my, my uh, siblings over, over the toys to play with. And because I was uh, smaller and younger, um, I'd have to get up in the middle of the night and, and, you know, break up all the spaceships my brothers used to make. And then I would, <laughs> I would re- rebuild them into buildings. Um, to play with. So I've had a, a passion for buildings uh, that started young and I thought I wanted to be an architect um, until I realized there was a lot more to the built environment than just designing buildings. And uh, in college, I, um, I found facility management. So I, I went to BYU, Brigham Young University, and there I uh, was introduced to the world of facility management. I tried it on for size and it seemed to be a great fit. So um, I haven't looked back. That, that's incredible. And it, it's funny, I've talked to several people that they grew up with the idea of either being an engineer or an architect, and then they stumbled across facilities management. And we, we want to, part of the goal of the podcast is to put it out there that you shouldn't have to stumble across it. That should be a career path from the get-go. Uh, but slowly but surely, we're getting there. And BYU has a great program. I've talked to a lot of people coming from that program. Um, so what to BYU really from the get-go um, in your professional career, uh, went to facilities management, and you've been at Ernst & Young for how long now? Uh, for three years. Yep. And uh, but yet before Ernst & Young, I, I was also working um, in consulting, uh, focusing uh, more from the engineering side um, and, and asset management. So um, kind of from the ground up, and now, now at EY, I kind of uh, go from the clouds down. Interesting. So I think something that's always intrigued me about consulting is that you you get a quick glimpse into so many different types of projects, buildings, industries, and you get well-rounded very quickly, I would imagine. Has that been your experience? 
Absolutely. I feel like, you know, being a jack of all trades um, is something really useful and, and maybe even required for, you know, for the, for the, for uh, the best FM. Mm. Um, and then in the consulting world, you kind of have to be a jack of all trades, you know, to the, to the next level. So I feel like I'm a jack of all trades of a jack of all trades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, that, that's, you perfectly describe facilities management because there is no standardized job description and you do have to think on your feet and to your point, be a jack of all trades. And, and I'd add to that too, that there's also not necessarily a, a defined career path for everyone. You know, you don't have to follow what everyone else is doing or, or what anyone else suggests to you. It could, you can make it your own. Um, and I feel like I've, I'm kind of a pioneer in that way for myself, finding my own yeah. path. So looking forward to seeing where it takes me over the decades because, um, you know, we've got a long career ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the, the field is changing and evolving rather quickly. And, uh, you know, again, talking with so many people on the podcast, it is, it is really interesting to get their take on, you know, how they got into the industry, what they're currently doing, but also looking ahead on, on the changes that are going on right now, but how they see the industry changing. And, um, you know, I wouldn't like to say standardized because it's hard to, like I said, standardize facilities management, but uh, there are tracks, there are, like, it is a defined career path now, not just, oh, I'm a master electrician, I'm taking on more responsibilities. It's like, no, I am a facilities manager. Yes. Yeah. And it's exciting to see those changes. Um, I find that, you know, change is difficult for everyone, um, but it's also, you know, beneficial. I feel like we grow the most in, in times of change. Um, and what's interesting is being in the consulting world through COVID, um, we had a lot of, a lot of clients asking us some of the same questions that we had always been asked, but maybe with a little more umph. Um, yeah. you know, asking, asking, you know, Hey, what, what, what's everyone else doing? Um, and also, you know, can you help us, can you help us be the, um, so, um, a strange dichotomy to, to, to try to help them do both at the same time. Um, but really all the challenges that our clients face are, are not that dissimilar from, from personal challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the workplace and, and, uh, the personal lives are, are really one and the same, um, just kind of through a different lens. And I like to kind of find solutions that are kind of out of the box. Um, and it's, it's one of the benefits that I bring to my clients is, is the outside perspective and the ability to ask questions. Um, you know, being a jack of all trades of a jack of all trades, like I said, um, is beneficial. And I think, you know, I can prove the point that you can have a conversation with anybody about any topic, even if you know nothing about it. Um, as long as you just ask questions, stay engaged and, and stay curious, right? Yeah. And, and that's a great point. I, Cause I, I like to think of that as well, where, I mean, that's what a consultant does, right? They're not in the weeds and they don't have any bias one way or the other. And it's just, I could objectively look at how you're operating and take from my experience or my peers experience to help say like, well, why haven't you done this? And you're not necessarily telling them, Hey, you need to go do this, this, and this. It's just getting them to think of it. And I'm sure, and I don't want to assume here, but I'm sure you get that. Well, I haven't thought of it that way before. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and, you know, offering our objective opinion um, is really what we're all about. So uh, some of our clients will ask us, ask us to, uh, you know, validate what they've already seen or what, what they've, you know, already experienced. And, and sometimes that's the case. And other times we have a different perspective. Um, and, and uh, you know, all in all, it's good to work together um, towards, towards a cause, especially, especially when you're going through change or, um, you know, some of my clients are experiencing large transactions, you know, com- companies are, are marrying and forcing and, 
and uh, you can imagine all the impacts to uh, to operations um, impacting facility managers and, and real estate leaders. Yeah, and on that, I think this is a good segue here of uh, what you're seeing across the portfolio of clients that you've been working with and coming in objectively looking at how they're operating and optimizing how they're operating. And so uh, with that, I know that's a broad subject and, uh, you know, where to begin, right? But I'll throw it over to you on just how you look at or how you evaluate a client and go in and with that mentality of I need to optimize X, Y, and Z. Yeah, great question. So, you know, the majority of our clients are, are looking to, um, uh, to make the most of what they have, right? Um, everybody has constraints, whether it be money or space or people. Um, and that's kind of the role that a consultant can, can come in and help with is, is help uh, create or validate or um, assess, adjust current strategies um, and perform different assessments to um you know, uh, to support that. And oftentimes, um, you know, a, a word that I, that I like to use is optimization. Um, and it's really rooted in, you know, how do we make the most out of what we have and what we need? Um, but it's, it's hard to kind of start that conversation. You know, it's, it's hard to start that thought process. You know, where, where, where do you start? Is it the left foot or the right foot? Um, and, and we would argue that, you know, it's really both feet. You got to jump in. Um, so those those conversations start um, by by helping to define what the need is and what the triggers are, and then by you know defining who the stakeholders are, and by uh, defining uh, you know what what the goal is uh, to accomplish, what will define success together, um, and then from there we we uh, you know jump in again <laughs> with another two feet um, and take the, to the next level. So. Um, um, optimization can come in all different, you know, sizes and sorts and, and across really any topic. Uh, it doesn't always have to be, you know, how do we update? How do we, how do we get more? How do we get less? How do we, uh, change our space? Um, how do we, uh, you know, get more people? How do we, how do we, uh, reduce our headcount? How do we, uh, how do we get more revenue? Uh, or, or how do we, you know, lessen our operational costs without compromising our service quality? Mm-hmm. Um, so really every organization, every team and every leader has different priorities. Um, and it's, it's really fascinating, um, to be in the world of consulting where we get to, uh, we get to hear from and work with people who have, you know, all different types of priorities, interests, um, and goals and, um, and finding a solution that's custom fit to each of our clients, um, is really key. So I find it, I find it really exciting. Yeah. And, and I guess on that, a, a big takeaway there is, and I've used this several times on a podcast, but, you know, begin with the end in mind and, and that it's so easy, but it's easy to get lost uh, and, you know, in the weeds of not looking at why am I doing this? So you mentioned a lot of like, how do you, you know, reduce overhead? How do you reduce cost or spend or how do you optimize across the board? But I think it should be that next question of, well, why do you want to do that? And I, I, is that the most challenging part of consulting with people is understanding that why? Um, you know, I think everyone might have a different experience, um, you know, working with consultants. I, th- I think it's, um, you know, consultants are really there to, to be another arm and a leg and a brain and hands uh, for the organization. So, you know, we can take, we can take multiple, there are multiple purposes for why someone might hire us. And sometimes it's just, they don't have, you know, they don't have the, a team large enough. Uh, they don't have, 
particular expertise or they're looking they're looking for an outsider's perspective those are some of the most common reasons and and the outsider's perspective is the one that we play in the most um especially because we work so much in in this the strategy world um and you know helping shape an organization's future um but i think to answer your question if i can remember it um, is uh is you know some of the most the most viable uh experiences um and, and challenges that we have with clients is is really uh helping them see the world in a different way and hel- helping them see the world from an outsider's perspective because it's really easy to uh to speak within your own language um but when you translate it to another language and back to your own uh you start to see things in a little, little different way and it opens up options that you may have you know not seen before and when we look at those and we assess them and we compare them then we might recommend one that may not have been seen before um or one that might have been misjudged or or misinterpreted um so yeah i think i think those are some of the challenges um but you know like we said at the beginning change is hard it's hard it's new and um one thing that i i tell myself is you know we've gone through a lot of change on our own throughout our lives right we've we've you know think about elementary school we went from first grade to second grade we went from second grade to third grade right we've we've gone through so much change in our lives you know who's to stop us from from you know championing uh the next few uh iterations of change yeah and, and i guess what a lot of listeners might be thinking of themselves, hey, that's great if I had the budget to go in. I'm already fighting budget as is, but to hire a consultant to come in and provide that view. So I guess as far as action items or, or takeaways here for someone that maybe, you know, one person show where they are doing everything on their own, they don't really have those resources there. Uh, what could be first steps into changing that that mindset, mindset there and kind of having themselves as their own consultant, if that makes sense? Yeah, hundred um, percent. And and you know, I may not have a lot of colleagues that will say this, but um, you don't need consultants always. Um, you know, you, you can do things on your own, um, but they come in handy and and are useful from time to time. Um, so, in order to in order to help consult yourself, you first need to be open to looking at things a different way. Um, you need to be you know open minded, and you need to you need to connect yourself with you know all the all the people. So your stakeholders, your customers, you need to clearly understand um, and, and try to take, you know, inquire of other people um, that you work with and work for, um, how things are going, what their needs are, um, and then, uh, you know, define, define what it is that you're after. Um, if, it's, if it's an adjustment in strategy or if it's um, an adaptation of a, of a, you know, new service um, or, or anything. Uh, just you know, assess what you're after and what what the goals are going to be, and then make a plan and and uh, and stick to it. Um, yeah. So and then ask for help. You know, you can't you can't do anything on your own. You got to work with you got to work with uh, your team. Yeah, I, I think that is another big piece of it as well, and that goes into a lot of networking. Uh, there's so many groups out there that people are just you'd be surprised just by asking how much help you can get. Um, one last question I had for you on, you know, your role right now, you mentioned that you are in management. Uh, talk to me a little bit about leadership strategies there and how you make the most out of uh, not only yourself as, as we've talked about, but your team. Great question. Um, 
you know, and one principle that I've, I've uh, been trying to keep top of mind and, and as my primary focus is people, because it's our greatest resource. Um, and our, our people can be those on our team, those we interact with, our clients, um, our customers, really anyone, um, but most importantly, ourselves. So great leaders uh, rarely can lead, you know, can be as beneficial to others if we can't be beneficial to ourselves. So um, starting with our, starting with um, ourself um, and, and then going from there is the most wise thing. And I, I would say, um, it, you know, in a management role is, is um, it's nothing more than just a title. Um, you know, managing a team and managing a client or, or a work product um, is, is, has nothing to do with um, really what you have to offer is the same at every rank or title that you have, you come together as a team. Um, and I can say, you know, the, the teams that I work with are, are uh, exemplify um, some of those, the utmost qualities of, of, you know, great character and, and, um, um, you know, great mental capabilities as well. I feel like if you, if you don't put yourself on a team where, where you might feel dumb in some, in some instances, then um, you're maybe in the wrong, in the wrong rooms. So surround yourself yeah. with people who are, who are smarter than you. Right. And I feel like I've done just that. <laughs> yeah. And, and there, there's a lot of uh, humble pie to be eaten there as well, where you recognize that it, uh, it, it does take, it, it can be a humbling experience whenever you do recognize that, but that is to your point, uh, just a great room to be in whenever you're challenged and you are, maybe at some time second guessing yourself if you belong because that means you are around some great talent and you're constantly learning there uh, yep. well I, I did i did lie i have one last question uh and i ask sure. everybody uh but that is who or what has had the biggest impact on you and your career well that's a great question um um you know uh, i probably shouldn't name names but there was one particular coworker uh who didn't used to be a coworker who uh, was just a fantastic individual. Um, just a, 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 an ex just like, I won't use the word perfect, but um, a great person who, who made it possible for you know, me to envision myself working in this field and at, at the company. And um, that's someone that I'm, I'm trying to be more like. Um, and it turns out that you can be really awesome and really smart and not even have to toot your own horn to make a really big difference. And so that's what yeah. I've learned from this, from this person. Yeah. And I think, I think one thing that I've, that I've learned um, that I've kept with me is that, you know, in order to be, in order to be um, effective, you, it doesn't need to be complicated, right? It just needs to be, it just needs to be the right fit. Yeah. The old, phrase keep it simple stupid right like I, i've followed yeah. that ever since <laughs> i first heard it in uh in elementary school so you know what that, that's a good way to live life uh <laughs> exactly <laughs> well, well hey steve certainly appreciate you coming on this has been great uh, i know we had a little technical difficulties there but thanks for working through it and uh it's been a pleasure and folks can find you here on linkedin i'll put that in the show notes but uh other than that again appreciate the time and be well hey absolutely uh, great to be with you griffin all right take care Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes and follow us on LinkedIn for more facilities management content.